You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Clearer picture is coming into focus regarding Russia's attempts to interfere in the 2016 election. Last week, details emerged about Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with a Russian lawyer who apparently offered damning information on Hillary Clinton. In an email correspondence ahead of the meeting, the Russian official clearly stated that the Kremlin hoped to assist the Trump campaign. What does this revelation really tell us, though, about what happened between the Trump campaign and Russia during the 2016 campaign? And what does it tell us about our relationship with Russia here now to help us sort that out is Aaron Reddish, history professor at Wayne State University who specializes in Soviet and Russian history. Aaron, welcome back to Detroit Today. Nice to be here. Yeah, I feel like each time we come in, we have you come in, there's just a little bit more quarter turn in terms of what we feel like we're looking at, but we never get that half turn or that full turn to really say, well, here's what happened. Here's what it means, and here's what should be done about it. First, I want to get your reaction to the news about this Donald Trump Jr. meeting with, you know, we say it was a Russian lawyer who offered information, but boy, this looks awful shady, uh, even even by those standards. Uh, I'm not sure how much credibility to put into, into that claim. The whole thing's a big mess, um, and each kind of revelation just seems to get messier and messier. Uh, this uh, was, I mean, it was a uh, real kind of bombshell, and it's a damning, uh, a damning piece of information. Uh, I mean, on the superficial level, it's that I mean the, we now have this smoking gun that says that there was Russian interference in the U.S. elections that they were trying to promote Donald Trump. But I also think that it's it's damning in a in a much larger sense that most people don't know, and that is that there might be evidence that the Trump administration actually, uh, in May of, of this year, actually allowed uh, Natalia Vesel- uh, Veselinskaya, the, the lawyer, uh, her client to get off, which is which is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, so. which, would, which could be seen as a recompense, I suppose, for the offer that was made during the campaign. Yes, who knows? I mean, this is the reason why she wanted this meeting. We're not quite sure how she was able to get from, I mean, Veselnitskaya is a B-level lawyer in uh, in Moscow, in the Moscow region. She got, she kind of cut her teeth um, doing land deals and also working with um, uh, this Russian uh, business family, the Katsev family, that was involved in uh, kind of this uh, a major tax uh, tax scheme. Uh, and she and the other lobbyists were trying to get rid of uh, one part of these uh, U.S. sanctions, the Magnitsky sanctions. Um, and that's really what the meeting was about. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, I'm not quite sure how, and this is the big thing. We just don't know how the um, this this dirt on Clinton kind of got into this the story. But she succeeded in getting her client off in in May with a six million dollar fine when the U.S. government at first was going for a two hundred thirty million dollar. Yeah, and that's that's an amazing victory. How much how much credibility do you place 
in the idea that this was somebody who's working on behalf of the Kremlin and extending right. sort of uh, a hand to the Trump campaign. I, I have to say, as somebody who who is nowhere near the expert you are, I'm I'm still a little skeptical of that. The whole thing is, is muddy uh, because um, she was working in the prosecutor's office in the 1990s in Moscow region. She does not have direct ties to Putin, uh, to the Kremlin, or to his small group of, of allies. But there's, you know, in, in Russia, it's a little different because there's not working with the government and then there's kind of working with the government when needed. Uh, it, you know, if the Kremlin asks her to do something or if someone close to the Kremlin asks her to do something, she'll do it because that's how things work (laughs) in Russia. And that's kind of the key thing. She is not a government attorney, but she could easily be an intermediary. Who knows? This is uh, Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Aaron Radish. He's a history professor at Wayne State University. He specializes in Soviet and Russian history. We're talking about the latest news in the ongoing saga about the Trump campaign and the Russian government. How much influence did the Kremlin want to have over the American election? How much did the Donald Trump campaign aid the Kremlin in trying to influence that election? These are questions that we don't really have substantive answers to yet, but of course we keep learning more and more detail about what that relationship looked like and how it developed over time. If you want to join the conversation, tell us what you think about these latest revelations. What do you believe happened? What do you believe was the intent of this Russian operative who met with Donald Trump Jr.? What do you think was the intent of the Trump campaign uh, as they went and tried to secure this information about Hillary Clinton from a Russian operative. Was that okay? Was that just the sort of standard opposition research that campaigns conduct? Or does this get us into the area of collusion with a foreign government? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work your comments into the conversation. Uh, tell us what you think about Russia. What are we learning about this? Uh, are we are we still waiting for the sort of big shoe to drop uh, to really understand what this what this looked like? Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Uh, Aaron, I want to ask you where you think this takes us in terms of. Uh, the question on the other side of the fence, the Donald Trump campaign, uh, was this was this decision to attend this meeting knowing or believing that you were going to get information about your opponent from this operative? In your mind, does that rise to the level of the collusion that we've heard uh, leveled against this uh, against this president? Collusion is a uh, is a strong word, and I'm not a lawyer. And, <laughs> right, it's a legal term. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I I know not to uh, kind of address that fully. Uh, what it shows, I guess, is in intent to collude, happiness to collude, um, and you know I think that's that's important. It's clearly something that Donald Trump Jr. wanted and felt that the Russian government was eager to provide. Uh, which I think is is a very important thing to remember that 
um, either the Russian government was kind of uh, kind of um, dangling this fruit, mm-hmm. uh, or that there had actually been a history of it, and that's you know, and that's a very important thing. Um, you know, there. The Trump administration and other right-wing and actually Krem- pro-Kremlin uh, news news outlets have said, well, you know, the Clinton administration was doing the exact same thing with Ukraine. Uh, and so, I mean, that's another thing to think about. There's actually no strong evidence that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what uh, is collusion unique to uh, to the Trump administration? I think is a question that we need to ask us. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Harold in Midtown. Welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you for taking my call. All I can tell you is I'm retired Army, and I did two tours in Germany. The Russians are good at trying to extract information, getting stuff, or or trying to get you to do something. And for <laughs> them, they, they try to hold it over your head. They try to give you something, but he wants something back. Yeah. And that's they they're good at. That's what they, they taught us. You know. So only so if you had anything with Russians, anything like that in the Army, you're supposed to report it to somebody. So, but they're good at just just won a favor for it in return and, and blackmail you. Yeah. Thank you. Harold, that's a great, that's a great point to make. Uh, Aaron, what was, what was the duty here uh, to report this to, to the state department? I mean, people do meet with, with foreign representatives all the time, but in the, in the, I guess, context of a presidential campaign, it is a little unusual. Does that tell us much about what the intent was here? And, was this possibly an attempt by the Russians to to, to gain information uh, about this country that had nothing to do with the campaigns themselves? I mean, as I understand it, if uh, you're meeting with a foreign uh, a representative of the foreign government or foreign lobbyists, you are supposed to report that. Uh, um, but what the caller is actually talking about is a larger um, Russian history of a compromat of this compromising material, which goes back uh, to at least the Soviet period, you could say it goes beyond that, uh, where, you know, part of to under to get power is to get information uh, on people. And so there are these huge dossiers. I mean, this is how it comes up, came up earlier with the Trump, uh, the the famous Trump dossier. Um, And the person who might be behind these, uh, who might be the person in the Russian government with this information is this guy named Chaika, uh, who's the general prosecutor of of Russia? He's kind of he's known as the master of compromise, the master of compromising material. So this has kind of this long history uh, in uh, in Russian political culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much again, Harold, for the call. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about uh, Russia with Wayne State expert Aaron Reddish. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.
You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Aaron Reddish. He's a history professor at Wayne State University, a specialist in Soviet and Russian history. We're talking about the news out of Russia, the news about the Trump campaign, the ongoing development of news surrounding the Trump campaign and its relationships to Russia and Russian operatives. If you want to join the conversation, Give us a call. What do you think about what Donald Trump Jr. is reported to have done? Was he just conducting a smart campaign trying to get information about his father's opponent? Or was he crossing the line into uh, a collusion with a foreign government? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Aaron, before we go back to the phones, I want to get you to talk about how this fits in the context of our international relations with Russia. There are a number of issues that we have with the Russians uh, that we are trying to move them to a better space on. There are also some places where we probably are going to work with the Russians, uh, where we have common interests. Does this kind of uh, uh, subterfuge, I guess, this kind of involvement change change any of those issues in a substantive way? Yes. Uh, the Trump administration wants to get the uh, the Russia uh, kind of debacle uh, off its back mm-hmm. so it can move forward uh, with kind of strengthening ties with Russia. I, mean, I think that's clear. And you could see that at the G20 summit where Trump, Trump and Putin finally came together. And from this, they had this uh, one of the major only accomplishments that they had was this de-escalation in southern Syria uh, that seems to be continuing. This is one of these areas where the United States and Russia want to work together. Uh-huh. Uh, anti-terrorism is another one. Um, and then also, uh, I mean, possibly arms control. There are, I mean, there's an interesting question about North Korea. If, uh-huh. uh, if China continues to be a problem, although Nikki Haley uh, recently said that one of the things that the United States is concerned about is that Russia might actually step in to uh, try to solve the North Korea issue alone without the United States. But the places where the United States and Russia want to work together are clearly terrorism, uh, counterterrorism, and uh, and Syria. There are several other places where they should be working together. Putin wants to end sanctions. Um, he wants the United States to recognize Russian um, achievements and their power in the near abroad. So uh, we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. You know, one of the things that's really interesting about this is the sort of changing rhetoric from the Trump administration about this. At first it was absolutely not. We weren't doing that. Uh, now it seems to be, well, maybe we did that. But Russia's not such a bad place. It's not such a bad uh, actor uh, we have things that we need to to, to do with them. Are, are they right about that? Are we thinking still in a in a inappropriate Cold War frame about all of this? Yeah, you know that's a really interesting question. Uh, in that, um, you know, the Russian government is a kleptocracy, um, <laughs> and Putin clearly does not tell the truth. 
Uh, and uh, it's aggressive, uh, even if it sees itself as defensive against its neighbors. But this is a different situation than the Cold War. I mean, we need to get the Boris and Natasha idea um, out of our system. This is a new Russia that's not, this, that's not a reincarnation of the Soviet Union. Uh, it's not the evil empire. Russians are not evil. Russia is a beautiful place. I encourage all of your listeners to go there. Um, and, uh, and actually, the way that we can move forward is actually through stronger cultural ties and economic ties. Um, while it's not a, I mean, so if we get rid of this cold war scenario, I mean that you could say it's actually even more dangerous now though, because we don't have these established norms. Uh, we don't really know what the Trump administration is going to do with Russia right. because we don't really know how much of their rhetoric is true or how much of the rhetoric is actually going to, um, trip them over later on. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Josh in Beverly Hills. Josh, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, the kind of genteel conversation and mature conversation that you're having here today. The the emails that, that um, Trump Jr. released himself at the behest or the pressure from NYC uh-huh. uh, isn't really a big deal to me. I don't think that I mean, we've learned since that there was eight people in the room. We're not discussing that. Mm-hmm. Where's the translator? Nobody's talked to that person. The Trump email revealed that there's contact between the Russians and Trump's personal secretary, Aaron, and that Trump was not surprised that this was part of the known Russian support of Mr. Trump. Right. That's all fine. Mr. Mueller is more than well aware of all of that. He's aware of his tax returns. He's aware of all manner of years and years of Trump's behaviors and his children and all their ties to gray economies the world over, Malaysia and the Trump Tower, Moscow, all the rest of it, um, and steel dossier. That's all fine and good. This is, this is all going to come out. We're all going to be very, very surprised when we look back on the time 20 years now, the House Trump finally was reached. That said, well, that's not what I'm concerned about. <laughs> what I'm concerned about is that Mr. Trump has gave, given signals that he's not the type of person to put tail between legs and leave town. During the campaign, he suggested he might not have Oh. Josh, Josh, you're breaking up there. Uh, we're we're also running out of time, but I believe Josh was going to say that he was worried about the response of Trump's supporters if he gets uh, if he gets impeached. That that you know these are people who might who might not just take that and say, well, that's that's the end of it. Uh, I I think we're probably a little premature. Uh, in, in talking about that because, again, we don't really know what the nature of these things was and we don't know what the intent was before before we get to the point where we're talking about you know impeachment, which would require a criminal act, I think. Uh, we need, uh, yeah, we need beyond, beyond the collusion. And, uh, and there's the rub. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, and, you know, there's always going to be spin uh, from the White House uh, on, on these actions. Um, so it's going to be, you know, going back to the first thing that I said, it's going to be this drip, drip, drip of information uh, that's probably going to drive us all crazy for yeah. a few months. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Aaron Reddish, history professor at Wayne with a specialization in Soviet 
in Russian history. It is always great to have you here on Detroit Today. It's a pleasure. Yes, uh, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is WDET Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. If you missed today's show or any of today's show, you can always go to the WDET podcast, which you can find on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts and catch up on what you missed. I'll see you tomorrow.